platforms today control the way millions of Americans communicate with each other and with the world. The platforms achieved that success by marketing themselves as neutral forums for free speech. Now that they host the communications of billions of users, they sing a very different tune. They now say that they are in fact editors of their user speech, rather like a newspaper. They contend that they possess a broad First Amendment right to censor anything they host on their sites, even when doing so contradicts their own representations to consumers. But the design of the First Amendment is to prevent the suppression of speech, not to enable it. <clears throat> that is why the telephone company and the delivery service have no First Amendment right to use their services as a choke point to silence those they disfavor. But there is a lot in here. This is from the Monday Supreme Court oral arguments over Florida's law from 2021. That's the um, Transparency and Technology Act, SB 7072. That's the one that prevents things like deplatforming, um, censorship, shadow banning, post-prioritization that adversely affects people of particular viewpoints. Um, that's the bill that, you know, is in part authored by uh, Alex Andrade and has worked its way all the way to the Supreme Court to have this conversation about whether it constitutes government interference with the First Amendment rights of private companies who own things like Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Snapchat, Instagram, Uber, Gmail, TikTok, all of it. All of it, because potentially all of it's involved. And this is um, Henry Whitaker. He's a Florida Solicitor General. That's the person, you know, you think of the Attorney General, like Ashley Moody. The Solicitor General is usually the person who argues the cases in front of the court, okay? And uh, so he's arguing this case in front of the United States Supreme Court. And there's a lot in what he initially said. Um, And it really gets to the heart of the question surrounding whether these social media platforms do or do not have First Amendment protections. The, um, the big issue, okay, in front of the court is going to be the question, are these platforms engaging in speech or expressive content in any way? And in, if they do feel that they are engaged in speech or expressive content, for example, by what posts they allow or disallow, by what people they allow or disallow on the platform, or, and this is really where the heart of this argument is, by the way they manage the information as it's presented to you through something like a news feed, preferencing and de-preferencing things, does any of that involve expressive content of the sort that a newspaper or a radio station or a TV station might engage in when it picks which content to publish and which content not to publish? Because if the social media platform is engaging in what they call editorial oversight, then the state, Florida, is not allowed to come in on a private company's platform and tell them how to operate any more than the state of Florida can tell the PNJ you're being unfair or to tell us you're being unfair. There's no – actually, when it comes to us, they might begin to have an approach because we're on public airwaves. But if we're like a cable news outlet or, again, a private publisher like the PNJ – the state has no business. They can't tell them anything. And so if it's like a newspaper, then Florida loses. But if they're not engaging in expressive content, if the kinds of editorial choosing of posts or people or of the newsfeed is so light and minuscule that it doesn't carry a message, doesn't express any real idea, isn't, and, and is so rarely done 
you know, that you're barely managing the content at all, that the content is really the responsibility of the individual people who post it almost entirely or the people who try to consume it, well, then they're more like what's called a common carrier. Common carrier would be someone like, uh, you know, Verizon or the Telegram service. And they're not allowed to censor what you say on the phone by content or what you might put in an email, say Gmail, um, because they're not engaging in expressive content. And so the state can regulate that out of an interest in whatever the state has an interest in through its police powers. Broadly facilitating communication in that way is conduct, not speech. And if Verizon asserted a First Amendment right to cancel disfavored subscribers at a whim, that claim would fail, no less than the claimed right to censorship failed in Pruneyard versus Robbins and Rumsfeld versus Fair. Social networking companies, too, are in the business of transmitting their users' speech. Their users are the ones who create and select the content that appears on their sites. The, plat the, the platforms, indeed, disavow responsibility for that conduct in their terms of service. And remember, that's the platforms say you can post what you want as long as it's within these boundaries. You know, so they're doing very light management of content, uh, more like a common carrier. And the way they have come to be viewed in the modern world is that they really are like the public square. Even though they're private companies, we treat them like they're the place that all comers are allowed to come. And you're not allowed to discriminate against people in those areas. That's kind of the argument that the state of Florida is making. And so we're trying to protect, for example, politicians who are part of the protected class or candidates who are part of the protected class that the law seeks to give space to on Twitter, Facebook, or, or you know YouTube or anything like that. And so what they're saying, what Whitaker and the state of Florida are saying, is that the platform's organization is so minimal that it doesn't rise to the level of being protected speech. It's housekeeping, sort of. And so, you know, Justice John Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts, asked the first question. It's a good question, of course. He's a smart guy. Is there any aspect of... Uh social media uh, that you think is protected by the First Amendment? Yes, Your Honor. I can, I can certainly imagine uh, platforms that would be subject to this law that would have, would indeed have First Amendment rights. I mean, we point out in our brief that when we think that if you had a, an Internet platform that indeed had a platform-driven message, was selective on the front end, Democrats.com, I think that would be a very different kind of analysis compared to a company like Facebook or YouTube, who is in the business of just basically trying to get as many eyeballs on their site as possible. So precisely because these companies don't tell you in advance, hey, we are specifically geared towards Catholics or left-handed people or even towards white consumers or anything else, because they say it's everybody come as long as you're not you know, a child predator, you're not going to be publishing pornography, you're not going to be uh, engaging in terroristic or harassing, you know, the, kind of the bare bones minimum that all these platforms have in their terms of con uh, their terms of service. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't regulate content. It's, it, it's weird because the state didn't approach this from the position of like fraud, that they are promising a product that they are then violating. I actually think that might be an interesting angle on all of this is, could you look at this as a fraudulent behavior by these social media companies because they say they're going to let anybody play and then they wind up censoring certain particular viewpoints, shadow banning, which is, you know, deprioritizing people who express a message that they disagree with just because they want to give them less visibility through the news feed. And so you have this kind of back and forth between, um, uh, for example, Kavanaugh, 
who one of the people on the Supreme Court, one of the justices in the Supreme Court, who was very unpersuaded, I thought, by Florida's arguments. And remember, you know, it's a seven. It's, it's sorry, it's a nine-person court, and the six conservatives are your best chance, most likely. Although we'll see. I mean, I thought that some of the questions that were being asked by Sotomayor and Kagan and Katanji Brown uh, Jackson were um, uh, were not obvious which way they were leaning. But here's what Kavanaugh had to say. And it seems like in Buckley. In 1976, in a really important sentence in our First Amendment jurisprudence, we said that the concept that the government may restrict the speech of some elements of our society in order to enhance the relative voice of others is wholly foreign to the First Amendment, uh, end quote. And that seems to be what you responded with to the Chief Justice. And then in Tornillo, the court went on at great length as well about the power of then newspapers uh, and the court said uh, they recognized the argument about vast changes that place in a few hands the power to inform the American people and shape public opinion, and that that had led to abuses of a bias and manipulation. The court accepted all that, but still said that wasn't good enough to allow some kind of government-mandated fairness uh, right of reply or anything. And if that holds, that's devastating to Florida's case. Because the argument has been these social media companies control so much of our information. They are the default public square. And therefore, the state has an interest in allowing people to access and publish their material there. Much like you might say that the state has an interest in requiring the bar or the restaurant or the bakery to serve all people, not discriminate against them on the basis of viewpoint, race, gender, religion, that kind of thing. There's some similarities there. It's not identical, but there's some similarities. Or if, you know, anyway. So that's kind of the argument. But he says, look, even in a situation where the Supreme Court imagined private companies controlling so much information that they become a danger to, for example, democracy or freedom— he said it doesn't. It still doesn't give the state the ability to control what those entities say because the saying is protected by the First Amendment. But again, the difference is: are they or are they not expressing something? So this is it's a really interesting case, and it took me honestly. I listened to the oral arguments. I read several commentary articles. I went back, and of course, I'm getting my audio elements from the oral arguments, and. I feel like I finally got a pretty good fix on where I think the court is going to go with this. This is, my, this is my imagination. There are three different questions, and you really have to treat them all separately. Question number one is, does the user having an account, as in my ability to have a Facebook account, as Andrew McKay, does that, am I, can the state regulate protecting me on that? Can the state keep me on the platform? Can it get me in the door, so to speak? If they want to ban me from the platform, does the state have a legitimate interest to force them to accept me as a maker of speech? Because I am a maker of speech, too. That's the first question. The state is at its strongest in that, okay? Um, Because just getting us in the door is kind of that right of access. Second, can the state force them to keep something I've posted on the site if they find it offensive, obnoxious, misleading, defamatory, well, defamatory is illegal, um, uh, mean, rude, obnoxious, or politically offensive. They're still in pretty good terrain there because I have First Amendment rights, sort of, okay, but the government's not running that thing, so you typically think of the First Amendment as protecting you against government censorship. The problem here is that the government is actually trying to protect you against private censorship, but it's doing it through government intervention with speech, which makes it look a little bit more like 
state censorship. It's, it's a very weird case. Those two, I think the, the court is likely to say yes. You're like a common carrier. You can't deny somebody from having a Verizon account because they're a Republican. You can't deny somebody from um, saying things over their phone on a Verizon account because you don't like what they're saying. They're more like common carriers on those two elements. The third element is how the post I make when I'm on the social media feed or when I'm on the social media site, how that gets promoted to other people. Because that's the everything about how these businesses operate. How the feed is managed, how the algorithm prioritizes content and promotes or depromotes, you know, the shadow banning, that kind of stuff is related to that. And in that function, I think that the social media companies are going to have their best argument that they are operating more like a newspaper, selecting from the billions of pieces of content that are available and giving me the 20 that fit on this screen and then the 20 that fit on the next screen and so forth. And so if the algorithm is a form of expression, and I think it probably is, then the First Amendment protects that from interference by the state. But the post and the, and the, the account... There is no expressive content by the social media platform in allowing those. In fact, they're more expressive content by me. Uh, those are ones where the state can say you've got to let them have access to that. That's where I think this is going to want it. Now, there's a whole other dimension of this case where the Section 230 stuff comes into play. That's the protections for social media companies from being held accountable for the content of a post. Right? That's the thing that they say has made it possible for us to have the modern internet, in which we are now saying pretty much ought to go away because we're not in that early phase. And it's allowing all kinds of content. And also the social media companies are acting like they are publishers, therefore they should be accountable. And that's the dilemma for the companies because if they claim they're protected from state interference because it's a First Amendment expression of speech and, co and content, all of a sudden they can't claim Section 230 anymore because they are expressing content. So again... I think when it comes to points one and two, the, the account and the post, they're going to be safe under 230. But I think if they're going to argue that the feed is expressive content and can't be regulated by the state, they're going to lose Section 230 protection. So the algorithms prioritizing problematic content, they are going to become susceptible to lawsuits over those things. And I think that's a good dilemma for them to be forced to pick between. So... If I'm guessing in advance, and this is a giant guess, my guess is that the Supreme Court is going to uphold the keeping the accounts and protecting the post portion of the Florida law, and I think they're probably going to say that Florida law interferes when it tells them about prioritization, shadow banning, and that kind of stuff. That's my guess. But you got to wait for the ruling to actually find out. 525 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Join Stefan Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College on the Pensacola Expert Panel tomorrow at 10 a.m. Key Marine Center is sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. It's a dream team, so join them tomorrow at 10 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. 
go with your gut. Your dog's immune system is based in the gut. A diet lacking in nutrients can cause itching, scratching, and a weak immune system. However, there is a solution. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E, Dinovite. It took a grand total of two weeks. The dog stopped itching, the hair stopped falling out. Try Dinovite for free. Just pay shipping and handling. Learn more at dinovite.com slash radio. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dinovite. The Dave Ramsey Show, weeknights 7 to 10, before WEAR TV News. On News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Two kinds of women, high maintenance and low maintenance. And Ingrid Bergman is low maintenance? And LM, definitely. Which one am I? You're the worst kind. You're high maintenance, but you think you're low maintenance. Somebody save your soul cause you've been sinning in the city. I know too many troubles, all these lovers got you losing control. You like a drug to me, a luxury, my sugar and go. I want the good life every good night, you're a high one to hold. Cause you don't even know. Good morning, 528 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Petscola Morning News. Good to have you with us on this Thursday. A little chilly this morning in the 50s, so it's uh, it's still, you know, shorts and a sweatshirt or sweater this morning, uh, you know, but uh, just just be aware. Or if you're the opposite kind of person, you wear jeans and a T-shirt because depending on whether you want to protect the legs or protect the torso, that's an individual choice. I don't judge. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning with our headlines. David? Yes, I am. Both president, <laughs> both president Biden and former President Trump will visit the U.S.-Mexico border today. The president will be meeting with Border Patrol agents and, le- and local leaders in Brownsville, Texas, and Donald Trump uh, will be in Eagle Pass delivering some remarks there. I feel I feel like this is one of those <whistles> dual of the photo ops. <laughs> how do we'll How do we see. not have the music why don't ready they go, to go? Why don't they go at the same time? I mean, I don't know. Can they not? Anyway, go ahead, David. Uh, Tesla's CEO Elon Musk says the electric automaker plans to start shipping its new Roadster sports car next year. And uh, Musk was on X yesterday tweeting, and or is it still tweeting, or is it Xing now? Good uh, Lord, I don't know. They say they say true thing on Truth Social, so I don't know what any of these things are anymore. I don't even know anymore. But Musk says the design for this Roadster is a collaboration between Tesla and SpaceX. And uh, Anheuser-Busch and the Teamsters Union have now reached a deal to avoid a company-wide strike. Apparently, uh, Anheuser-Busch and union leaders uh, had announced a tentative five-year agreement on Wednesday. The union says the deal will uh, raise pay for their workers significantly. So if you were worried about your favorite Anheuser product Mm -hmm. drying Mm -hmm. up on store shelves, I guess that could be a They're going to keep making it. Everybody's happy. There's no problems here. I always find it fascinating that a company that has been economically hurt by, for example, I don't know, a semi-boycott on its product due to its political affiliations, uh, would also the union representatives within that company be like, now's the time for more money. (laughs) You know how y'all are making less? We want more. Okay. All right. Sure. It's fantastic. Good. You keep making the beer, though. Yeah. Okay. As long as you pay me. Okay, fine. Uh, David, thanks so much for the update. Uh, 5.30 on News Radio 92.3. Um, oh, man. the um, <laughs> San Francisco has put a non-citizen on its elections commission. I said it. It's accurate. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. 
Supreme Court with her arguments April 22nd about whether former President Trump can even be prosecuted in a federal election interference case. Lower courts have so far rejected immunity claims from former President Trump's legal team in a case brought by special counsel Jack Smith. The Supreme Court has previously ruled presidents are immune from civil liability for official acts, but has not extended protections for criminal prosecutions. A trial was scheduled to start next week, but has been put on hold during the appeals process. Fox's Jared Halpern, congressional leaders say there's an agreement on six spending bills and a short-term extension to prevent a partial government shutdown Saturday. The plan is to vote on the bills by March 8th. Leaders say Congress will work on finishing and passing the final six spending bills before March 22nd. Fox's Ryan Schmelz. At least one person is killed in the wildfires burning in Texas, an 83-year-old woman in the town of Stinnett. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 531 at News Radio 92.3. It's 53 degrees, cloudy skies right now in Pensacola. A Florida-based attorney says a former Escambia County employee likely committed an ethics violation in connection to the text messages that belonged to Commissioner Jeff Bergosh. A recommendation was issued last month by Elizabeth Miller from the office of the Florida Attorney General in which she reviewed an ethics complaint filed against Jonathan Owens by Commissioner Bergosh. Miller recommended that the Florida Commission on Ethics find probable cause that Owens violated Florida statute in obtaining those messages. The statute she cites states the individual must have been a public officer or employee, disclosed or used information not available to the public and gained by reason of official position, and information must have been disclosed or used with an intent to secure personal gain or benefit for themselves or another person or business. The commission is expected to hold a hearing on this issue on March 8th. An elementary school in Fairhope is closed for the rest of the week after a reported virus outbreak there. WKRG reports that over 770 students were absent yesterday from Fairhope West Elementary School. Officials from the Alabama Department of Public Health say this is due to a gastrointestinal outbreak. Most common symptoms have been nausea and vomiting. WKRG says 201 students were on campus Wednesday out of the nearly 1,000 students that attend the school. They say uh, the school will be closed today and tomorrow as well. Florida's House Speaker trying to find what he's calling an alternative to a social media ban for minors. Republican Paul Renner said Wednesday that he's working with Governor Ron DeSantis to get something done by tomorrow. HB1 bans anyone under 16 from using social media sites. That did pass both the House and the Senate. Uh, all it needs to become law now is Governor DeSantis's signature, although he does appear reluctant to sign it. He has until tomorrow to either sign, veto, or let it become law without signing. And today's uh, NASA space launch on uh, in Cape Canaveral is being delayed by weather there. Three NASA astronauts and a Russian cosmonaut uh, were due to blast off in a Crew Dragon spacecraft called Endeavour. The capsule will be on a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. Well, that launch has now been moved to Saturday night. A NASA official said there were some concerning developing weather patterns there. The Crew 8 mission calls for those uh, astronauts and the Russian cosmonaut to spend almost six months on the International Space Station conducting various experiments. It's 534. 
Let's get a look at our Channel 3 forecast this morning. We will see a mostly cloudy day today with temperatures warming near 62 degrees for your high. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 56 degrees. As you go into Friday, showers and thunderstorms likely through the morning and afternoon hours. High near 67 on Friday. Friday night, temperatures dropping near 60 degrees. Some showers possible through the Friday night hours and into your Saturday morning. High on Saturday near 74. Stay connected to Channel 3 News First Morning Weather Team. Download the WEAR-TV weather app. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thank you very much, Brooke. 53 in Pensacola, 53 also in Gulf Breeze and in Milton. Our next news at 6. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne for News Radio 923. News Radio Pensacola has you covered no matter where you are or how you like to listen. Tune into our frequencies on 92.3 FM, 95.3 FM, and AM 1620 for the latest breaking news, local updates, and in depth analysis. Can't be near a radio? No problem. Stream us live on our website or through our convenient app. Available for download on your mobile device. Plus, with our smart device integration, you can ask your virtual assistant to play News Radio 923 and we'll be right there with you. It's News Radio Pensacola. The cooler weather in Pensacola is a great time of the year for gardening. Whether it's planting roses, planting shrubs and trees and cool weather color, and of course, planning for spring. This is Mike Wiggins. If you've got gardening questions, we've got answers on the News Radio Garden Line every Tuesday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. And if you miss us on Tuesdays, then catch the Encore Edition every Saturday morning at 9. Sponsored by Pensacola Hardware, Blue Sky Landscaping at Barnes Feed Store. Mom, can we have some ice cream? I've got a better idea. Who wants to help me make something fun and healthy instead? Me! Eating smarter is easy and delicious. Interested in receiving healthy recipes and a whole lot more in your email? Then register at healthiestweightfl.com and learn more about all the small steps that you can take on the way to living healthy. This message is sponsored by the Ounce of Prevention Fund of Florida, the Florida Department of Health, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station. News Radio 92.3 gets you live programming every day from 5 a.m. until 7 p.m. on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Yesterday, had a chance to talk to Pensacola Mayor D.C. Reeves, like we typically do on a Wednesday. Mr. Mayor, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Hey, Andrew. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and um, kind of a cool honor being the only mayor on this board. This is the this is kind of the board that oversees all the different career source local or- organizations, like Career Source Escarosa. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So we, you may have heard of Career Source Escarosa, that, that uh, Dr. McBride, who's also over here, uh, he, he runs that chapter. But there's 24 around the state. And um, what it ultimately is, is uh, the, where the state spends its federal and state workforce dollars. Uh, you know, how do we help build our workforce? And so um, to, really excited to get on this board. I've, this will be my, my second meeting total, but the first one was remote. So this is my first in-person um, you know, meeting we meet quarterly. So uh, looking forward to meeting some other folks that that uh, are you know really influential in workforce development around the state, and of course we know locally you know you think first of SC engineering projects like that where uh, we should have a best in- interest in this, and right. um, and so uh, Mel Ponder is on, uh, you know it w- was the furthest west until 
my appointment, so I'm glad to be able to represent uh, our our two, three, four counties uh, over here on, on the um, Panhandle. So, and, uh, and for people it. who may not know, and I, I confess, I feel like I only am about eighty percent up to speed on on career uh, source uh, Escarosa. Um, but one of the things that they do is to make sure that we are developing the workforce of the future and that we are matching our output in terms of educational product students, graduates, uh, with the kind of industry and the needs that we have locally. So, for example, with ST, you know, making sure that the schools and George Stone and the career academies and all of that are fit to the future of needing to have people to work on aviation maintenance, repair, and overhaul, right? Exactly. And then, uh, but, and there's a multitude of things. It can be that. It could be, for example, there's, there's veterans programs. Hey, you finish your military service. Uh, of course, that that's as pertinent to us as anyone in the state of Florida, uh, up in the Panhandle. Um, you know, and in, in how can we get them into? To, uh, we, there's a program actually. Um, I wasn't able to get over here in time, but I know some of the other board members went uh, over to Tallahassee Community College, where they they were working on a program where you could actually get your GED and your AA simultaneously. Mm. Uh, so, uh, you know, so it, it's trying to again, you know, lift up uh, some folks that that might be. Uh, in vulnerable communities, may not even have access to a car. So there's lots of different ways to attack this issue, both from an income standpoint, from a veteran standpoint, and certainly projects like ST, uh, where you get, you know, uh, where you can get real surgical on on what are the needs that that you have and how do we get people in those positions. So at the end of the day, career sources' job is to uh, put people in jobs and and, and get them to, to training the skills and try to eliminate those barriers that may be transportation, maybe income. Uh, maybe education, you know, and, and how do we eliminate those barriers and get people working? You know, obviously it's a big week this week with the uh, signing of the American Magic uh, lease deal for the warehouse on, you know, uh, port, uh, Building 10, Warehouse 10 over there on the port. Um, I think for a lot of people, they still aren't quite sure exactly what this means other than that, you know, the cool boat's going to be here for a long time with a couple hundred people in tow. What were the particulars of the deal? And uh, I know there's a part of it that has to do with them guaranteeing a race here or something. So just maybe the highlights yeah. for people who haven't been following this closely, what this actually means for the region and the city. Yeah, so I, I would say on two layers. Number one is, uh, as as the skipper Terry Hutchinson said during uh, uh, the, the day, the, the celebration of signing the lease was, you know, it, they have 195 people uh, right now in Barcelona. That's 195 families, and if you recall from the Triumph uh, grant request, uh, this is the largest uh, salary per uh, position, a- average salary, excuse me, um, for any Triumph award so far anywhere. So, so you know, the average salary of over $100,000. So these are high-paying jobs that are directly coming to the city, and those families are moving uh, to the city. So that's on the front end, just the pure economic development, great jobs moving here. That's great. The, the much larger, less tangible compounding impact is that we have the most advanced sailing vessel in the United States of America now here for the next decade. And what comes with that is a lot of credibility within that space, a lot of manufacturing potentially, uh, other partnerships, USA Sailing, Olympics, those types of people want to be around the most advanced sailing boat in the United States. So it becomes this catalyst of which you can't measure today. You can't say, well, there's going to be a sailing event tomorrow. Uh, but what I can tell you is there's several in the works, international sailing events for t- 2025, uh, not quite done yet. But um, those, and, and that's part of what the lease asked for, is that they have to put forth good faith efforts to have at least two international events in Pensacola Bay. And if they win the America's Cup, God willing, this fall, 
and they're the America's Cup champion, that they either host at least a preliminary race here, uh, like kind of an exhibition weekend race that they do before the America's Cup, or they host the entire thing in Pensacola per the lease. So, um, so what I wanted to make sure we capture is not just lease rate, that, that's important, but it's also let us make sure we maximize uh, and compound the huge positive impact they could have, and let's make sure we're all committed to that, both American Magic and the city of Pensacola. So, um, so we try to capture that within that lease is that it's not just the dollars, it's also the other things that will ensure that we get maximum return on investment. Absolutely. And I mean, the investment has been substantial, uh, several million dollars. I mean, you know what, like I think 15 or 16 all told, maybe even a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the point is I wanted people to have an understanding of, you know, what are we getting for our money and, you know, what is it aside from just moving the team here? And there's all of those dimensions. That's why I wanted you to explain it. Dredging Bayou Tahar, right? Yeah, we um, we want to be real clear on this. <laughs> I said this uh, in our journal meeting. It's kind of interesting when you say Dredging Bayou Tahar. It is dredging the outfalls of Bayou Tahar. Um, okay. Because uh, yeah, I remember even saying with our staff uh, that you say dredging Bayou Tahar, and then people are uh, you know find that one spot right at the beginning that they think needs to be dredged that we missed. So it's not a comprehensive dredging of Bayou Tahar. Gotcha. There's a lot of complication that goes with that. But uh, but the main focus is in the dollars that we've gotten the approvals from Army Corps of Engineers is for several outfalls. Um, and when you think of those, just where, where the rain comes down, I always think of Maxwell Street on the, on the East Hill side. Um, so it's making sure as all that sediment and all those things come into the, into the bayou that that's getting cleared out and not becoming sandbars and things like that. So, okay. uh, so that's our primary focus. Yeah. Oh, okay. So uh, when you say outfall, I had something else in mind. I'm glad you clarified. Um, you're talking about you know where the water from the storm drains joins into the bayou to make sure that that is clear that you don't have backups there and, and you don't have sandbars Correct. and things like that. Okay, great. I'm, yeah. I'm glad I asked. Yeah. Um, we also had, you mentioned this maybe a couple of weeks ago, but I wanted to follow up with you. You mentioned that new cameras have been installed at the skate park, kind of a finally sort of thing. And I just wanted to ask you, where are we at with security at the skate park? Has it been an issue, not an issue? The time of operation, lights on, lights off, kind of where do we stand with all that right now? Right. Yeah, exactly. Where we are is we wanted to get the cameras in before we made any move. You know, my, my frustration at the beginning was we had rules that we, that we were posting of which we had no ability to enforce. Um, and, you know, when you say it closes at, at sunset on the sign and you have lights that can light up Yankee stadium, um, you know, we, we wonder why people are there after, you know, seven o'clock. So, right. but, but I didn't want to make any rash changes or reactionary changes to a new park without having some means of, of helping secure it, you know, and then I said, let's address those rules then. And so we've reached that point now. We do have the cameras in. Uh, we also, uh, concurrent with this, is we've got one of the Portland Loos that will be coming to the skate park. So we'll have a, uh, a much-needed, long-overdue restroom that really you know, probably should have been in the beginning, uh, designed in the beginning, but, but we are where we are. And, uh, and so we're going to have that in as well. So those enhancements, the cameras and the, the public restroom, now gives us kind of that, that tipping point to look at the rules again. To your question, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're bringing PPD to this meeting. We have it's already on the books. I believe it's next week. Um, internally, that we're going to say, all right, PPD's here, Parks and Rec is here, Public Works is here. You know, let's talk about this now. How have things been? You know, and so uh, I'll, I'll let I'll see what uh, the, the police department says. I will tell you, at least to my desk, we have not heard any significant issues. You know, or, or, or any recurring issues other than. Uh, some people choosing to use the restroom of which where they like, uh, which is which is an issue. Uh, but from a from a safety 
um, security standpoint, uh, we haven't heard much, but um, I'll, I'll wait to hear from them, and then we can decide. And, and maybe is, is it 10 o'clock? Is it midnight? Is it on the weekends? Uh, you know, because a lot of it's going to come down to how can we enforce it. You know? right. and, and so, so there's still some questions to be answered, but to your, to your question, yes, we've reached that point now where I feel comfortable enough looking at that and then making whatever changes we need. No, that's great, and that's it's good news. I mean, if it hasn't been much of an issue, it hasn't been much in the news, that's good. That's you know kind of what we'd hope for, that's so right. very good. And just one more quick thing before we get to our lightning round. Uh, Bay Bluffs Park, the money you were hoping for, has now is now in both chambers in the budget, right? That's right, yeah. So very excited to see uh, $2.2 million. You may recall that, uh, that we partnered with Conservation Florida uh, to help conserve the Bay Bluffs a property for uh, in perpetuity uh, that that it will remain in in public hands uh, forever, which is not the case uh, even prior to this. So as we look to enhance to fix uh, some of the broken things in our city, like Bay Bluffs Park, uh, we're we're taking it a step further and saying not only are we going to replace this with something, uh, but we're going to replace it and you know keep it in the public good forever. So uh, so they, they've been great partners. They've been helping advocate for us over here in Tallahassee. And so. Uh, as of now, and, and you, Andrew, you know as well as anyone yeah, uh, yeah. how this process works. It's not um, we're not saying it's a guarantee. Uh, we are long from that until July first uh, when the governor signs the pen. But uh, we're we're in a better place than we were a month ago. I can tell you that. So uh, you know, having that on both sides, the two point two million means we could see. Uh, some dollars to help that demolition in, in the next chapter of what Bay Bluffs Park could be. Yeah, the governor's giant black Sharpie permanent redaction veto pen is 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 significant, and you always have to know that <laughs> any project could eventually you know be redacted, so to speak. Uh, we always like to end with a lightning round, uh, quick questions for you. Typically, are a part of our frivolous conversations elsewhere in the show. Um, What's the worst book that you ever had to read? Probably assigned to you as a as a school child. What's the book that you're like, ah? Oh, man, uh, you know what? It, I've, I just blocked them out of my mind. I've forgotten, but there were, I know, I, I'm sorry, a Catholic high English, but I know there were several, um, and that's probably reflective of my GPA in high school, but um, <laughs> not so, one's coming to mind. But so nothing, no no one <laughs> breaks point, through yeah. the uh, the forget the forget forgetting waters, but um, everything yeah, you were forced well, to do in were, high school It would have required me to read them, Andrew, you know, that's the thing. Yeah, you know, right, I, I got you. had to read them to then know I didn't like them. <laughs> Um, if you had to choose between being warm in your torso and cold in your legs, like on a 60 degree day or being warm on your legs and cold on your torso, uh, which way do you go? Which is important, more important, which one can you endure cold better on? I would love to know how this question was concocted, but (laughs) I I would say the latter. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I can live with cold, cold in the torso. Yeah. Uh, that could, that, that could start to be painful. Yeah. I'm the exact opposite. Know. I'm a warm, you know, give me a sweatshirt and shorts. Uh, I'm the exact opposite when it's a cold day. But that's why we had the conversation me, about that. That's probably, that's probably what it is. Le- yeah, that's right. Uh, last thing is, uh, and this is actually going to be today's conversation question. What's a movie that DC Reeves loves or loved that could not get made today because it's too offensive? Ooh, man. Well, you know, I hope by default, and this question would be always as dumb and dumber, I, but I think it could still be made. Um Man, I don't know what's yours. Uh, well, Blazing Saddles is kind of the obvious uh, to, oh, for yeah, me. Yeah. I mean, love it. Yeah, I know, man. You've stumped me a couple times. I don't, I don't know, but <laughs> no, uh, Dumb and Dumber is a good uh, one. Yeah. It's it's probably that yeah, would be viewed as marginalizing made, right? and you know making fun of disabilities. And yeah, I mean, you know that couldn't get yeah. made. I mean, look, we're we're getting old. We're, we're due for a remake at some point. I would think. Oh, it's already, I don't mean, say that word. 
<laughs> Mayor DC Reeves always joins us at Wednesday. Mayor, thanks so much for the time. Have a good time at your conference. Have a productive time at your conference and or your uh, your meeting of the board, and then uh, we'll see you back here and we'll talk to you next week, sir. All right, thank you, Andrew. Absolutely. Five fifty on News Radio ninety two three, informative, local, dependable, sometimes funny. We hope you enjoy. Uh, if you're thinking about buying a home or selling a home for the first time, for the fiftieth time, doesn't matter. Uh, you need a good realtor, right? Somebody who's going to help you navigate whatever the challenges are, or even just somebody who's going to give you good advice. You know, is now the right time? Should I wait a month or two? What's going to happen? You know, is the market different in February than it is in May or April? You know, we have military. That's a big influence on our economy and how housing works, and that's the kind of thing that you want to keep in mind. How about the school year? What 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 location am I looking at? What are the you know what's a four bedroom here doing versus a three bedroom there? With which price point? Again. These are all important distinctions that sometimes people sort of gloss over when they talk about, well, the market's doing this. There's no market. There's the market in this location, this price range, and this kind of home. And these can these things can be very, very different all the time. That's why you need somebody who really understands all of that, who's going to talk to you about your situation, help you find a good solution. That's Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty. They sold 175 homes last year. It's pretty amazing. Uh, she's only been doing this seven years and already up to that point in, you know, you know, productivity. It's wild. When she went from being in the news to uh, being in real estate, all of us who knew her real well were like, well, if anybody can do it, you can do it. You know, but good luck. Well, good luck. <laughs> I mean, she has figured this thing out. Give her a call. Talk to Christina Leavenworth. Even if you're not sure, you just kind of want to bounce ideas off of somebody. 723-9158 for Christina Leavenworth and her team at Levin Rinky Realty. Need urgent care or a walk-in clinic? Go to ProHealth. Post-accident physical to access your pet money? Go to ProHealth. Drug test? DNA testing? Go to ProHealthFL.com. Affordable lab work or primary care? Go to ProHealth. An affordable Ozempic medical weight loss program? ProHealth is your answer. Does your child need a camp or a sports physical? Only $40 at ProHealth. ProHealth never requires a doctor's order or an appointment. Just walk right in one of their seven locations. Also at ProHealthFL.com. As a business owner, you have a lot on your plate. Managing staff, growing your business, training new hires, and more. With so much going on, you need Avalon. An IRS certified PEO, Avalon HR can help from running your payrolls, submitting state and federal taxes, helping with COVID employee retention credits, workers' compensation insurance, employee benefits, and HR expertise. Avalon HR lets you focus on your core business while we handle the rest. Avalon HR, employing made easy. All the big national news in a conversation with Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins from 11 till 2 on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. What does it always mean? This, this Junior. That's his name. Henry Jones Jr. Like Indiana. We named the dog Indiana. to be Donald Trump's running mate, saying, I feel no need to kiss the ring. While Tim Scott said he'll suck that ring right off Trump's finger. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, update this week. I, I feel like Saturday Night Live has so many comedy units in a given show, and they are not allowed to exceed that amount. 
So if you have a really good weekend update, the opening monologue and the opening sketch are going to suck. And if they have a really good opening sketch like they did last week, a really good opening sketch about the senators not being willing to confront Trump and talk honestly about him, uh, Weekend Update is going to suck. And Weekend Update was super disappointing. But at the same time, Weekend Update being the best part of the show, they're never going to hit zero. They're always going to hit a few. The Alabama Supreme Court ruled that embryos created through IVF are children and that black embryos can be tried as adults. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of the jokes, of course, are predicated on Colin Jost being, you know, white and Michael Che being black, and then they play off of that. It's crazy that they're saying that embryos are the same as children. If you think an embryo is the same as a baby, try telling your wife, hey, honey, I left our baby in the freezer. <laughs> Sometimes a joke doesn't hit. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't hit. Donald Trump announced he is selling limited edition gold sneakers for $400. You can check them out on the feet of the guy getting dragged off your flight. Now you say, well, that's just the liberal SNL and NBC because they hate conservatives. Oh, they're willing to say it about Joe Biden, too. Not quite as sharply, but they are willing to say it. It was reported that President Biden's campaign ended its January fundraising with $56 million in the bank. Now, if he can only remember his ATM code. <laughs> and? While boarding Air Force One this week, Biden narrowly avoided tripping and falling on the stairs again and instead did a forward roll before inviting everyone inside the chocolate factory. <laughs> now, I will warn you in advance, okay? It's before 6 o'clock and there's these broadcasting rules called safe harbor where we can do a little bit more adult humor before six o'clock this is still you know they can still broadcast this on it's not like that but it is a little bit <laughs> but it made me laugh okay this is the joke that made me laugh the most and maybe that tells you something about me but i just want you to be prepared this one's a little bit more like not as much a joke for the kids some of the jokes i can't play on the air frankly they were you know anyway but here goes michael J. Scientists are concerned that zombie deer disease could spread to humans, so please wear a condom. <laughs> more of a warning than a joke. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> wow. Uh, I do feel dirty. Uh, not as dirty as Colin Jones, though, and I, this one I have to explain to you, but if you watched it, you know... Next Thursday is Leap Day, which means we gotta wait till Friday for it to finally be over. And then they showed a picture of Black History Month. <laughs> so anyway, oh man, um, and one last one, just because I'm, I, you know, it's, it's worth it. This was the one. This is the good too. The stars of the 1968 version of Romeo and Juliet are suing Paramount to stop the digital release of their movie, which includes nude shots of them as teenagers. Paramount has agreed to lock it away where no one will ever see it. Paramount Plus. <laughs> see, I picked the good ones and I make it sound like Update was good. It really wasn't that good, but... Those jokes were worth replaying. 558 on News Radio 92.3. I heard a cackle or two through the glass from David Wayne, sir. Well, you know, I'm one of those people that got sucked into a year-long Paramount Plus membership. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I haven't used it once no, since. I, we, we actually have used Paramount Plus quite a bit, so it's it, there is a lot of stuff on there, but they're not wrong. <laughs> it's not Netflix or Max or Disney Plus in the grand scheme of what kind of content they have, yes. 
Well, Senate Republicans are blocking a bill that would protect access to in vitro fertilization at the federal level. Cindy Hyde-Smith of Mississippi objected to the measure's approval yesterday. She said the bill goes too far. I support the ability for mothers and fathers to have total access to IVF and bringing new life into the world. I also believe human life should be protected. These are not mutually exclusive. Democrat Tammy Duckworth tried to pass the bill by unanimous consent. Hyde-Smith said uh, in opposition that the bill would legalize human cloning and gene-edited designer babies. And I hope neither of you guys were planning on heading to Vegas to see Adele. Uh, (laughs) Oh, you know me so well. (laughs) Apparently she's pushing back the remaining weekends in her residency because she needs to rest her voice. Well, that does happen. It does, absolutely. Sure. Um, meanwhile, uh, do you see Wendy's is backing off their um, uh, dinner time penalty pricing? <laughs> I mean, that's what they, they like called pushback. Yeah, they, they didn't like the people didn't like the fact that they were going to charge them more to eat when they were hungry. Um, <laughs> you know, so who knew? Everybody knew. Fire the media team. You're listening to News Radio 92.3 WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.